This is the Sideline Slice, presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie, and Huskers Radio Network analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Well, we've had multiple requests for another edition of the Sideline Slice postseason new coach hiring edition with Jeremiah Searles. I'm Jessica Cootie. It's been a little busy around here. Jeremiah, I know you are completely unaware of this, but there are a couple of sports called basketball and volleyball going on right now. Yeah, uh, that doesn't exist to me right now. It's football season until uh, February once uh, the NFL season ends and bowl season is over. But it is exciting to see Husker Athletics doing well and succeeding, and it's always fun to beat Creighton. Yes. It's always fun to beat little brother in Omaha. Who, who are you kidding? It's football season year-round for you. You're always talking yeah. about football. But, I mean, it's always football season. But There's, how about, no off-season. How about wins over Iowa and Creighton in a matter of a couple of weeks? I mean, we talked about it on the podcast before Iowa. It can make your whole season. And it, in a way, it did. I mean, a way that we beat Iowa, and not just the fact that we beat Iowa, <laughs> in the fashion that which we beat Iowa, and then kicked them out of the Big Ten championship game, like, it was just so sweet. So <laughs> sweet. And, like, I'd be lying to you if I didn't think there was times at the end where I was like, oh, no, we're not going to do it. Like, when we punted, there was multiple times where I was like, we're not going to pull it off. But to have the way to find a way to win at the end of the year, like, such a sweet, such a sweet thing to send them off. I mean... Let's, let's not pretend. Even if Iowa went to the Big Ten Championship, they would have got absolutely killed by Michigan, just like Purdue did. Uh, how much trash did you talk? Oh, nonstop <laughs> trash. I immediately FaceTimed multiple people. I immediately tweeted out at George Kittle. And I just I let everyone know. I was talking to C.J. Beathard. I hit up my buddy Ike Bucker. I do a podcast called Washed Up Walk-Ons. That's an Iowa podcast. Immediately asked them when they wanted to do a game recap. Still have yet to hear back from them. You know, so, oh, yeah. I had mass texts, mass Facebooks, mass Instagrams, whatever it was. I shouted it from the high heavens that little brother is put back in his place over there in Iowa City. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, it wasn't even, Greg and I talked about this on Sports Nightly, you know, a huge win and so great for these seniors to get to walk off the field. And, you know, Travis Volkleck was emotional afterwards. But yet, you know, didn't get a chance to really celebrate it or talk about it much because we had a head coach hire. So uh, your initial reaction when uh, it was announced, announced that Matt Rule is the next head football coach here at Nebraska? Yeah, you know, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm really excited. What his track record of Temple and Baylor and how he turned around programs that were in complete disarray. And make no mistake, Nebraska, we are in complete disarray at a lot of positions on this football team that how quickly he was able to have success makes me very optimistic for the future here. The one thing I am slightly, I guess, concerned about is he has been in the NFL as the whole world of NIL has exploded. So he is kind of behind the eight ball a little bit on that. And he's going to be learning with that as it goes. You know, he's going to have to hire some people around him and bring some people not just in the front office, but into recruiting and the whole bit that understand how NIL and how college football are coexisting at the moment. You know, so that's going to be something he's going to have to jump on 
and get with going because I think that's a huge part of what college football is right now. Yeah, but that, that's what's great about Nebraska, and, and we've heard this over and over again. I mean, Wisconsin is not in a good spot with NIL. It's not about so much the coaching staff and producing the NIL. And, and Coach Cook, John Cook, has said how big it is for his recruiting, too. There are people in place that are managing that and getting it in the right spot. I mean, Nebraska is way far ahead of most programs in terms of NIL. Yes, which is great. You know, it's great. It's just, you know, it has to be a coexisting relationship with head coach, NIL, player, you know, and I think that it's just going to be new to him. Now, the good news is he comes from the NFL, so he's used to guys with money. It's not a problem. <laughs> um, you know, so I think that that's kind of my, that was my one big concern. You know, I think he's put together a good staff as we go forward here, and I know we're still waiting on O-line coach, which is going to be a massive hire. Um, you know, you can't win in the, NFL, in the Big Ten without a great O-line. I mean, look at Michigan. They have the best O-line in arguably the country, and it's why they're winning. You know, so I think that we really need to hire a home run at there, whether that's Rayola staying or we go out and find someone else, you know, and then the D coordinator position is still open too. So some last final pieces to put together here, but overall I'm impressed with the staff he brought and super excited. I will disagree with you a little bit. You said that uh, you know this program is in disarray at, at certain positions, but this is this this staff, and he's got guys that he's brought with him already on staff that were with him at Temple and Baylor that were rebuild programs. And yes, mm -hmm. this does require some rebuilding, but this is by far the best situation that they have taken over. Yeah, I think yeah. If you want if you want to compare it to where Temple and Baylor were at, I would agree with you. Um, I think from Nebraska standards and what we believe as fans and what we believe as former players and everything, like we are in disarray in that front. Yeah. So yes, I will. I will agree with you that compared to what they've had and they've been able to make chicken salad out of chicken, you guys can fill in the blank. Um, you know, but I think that yeah, they are in a much better spot, much better resources, much better opportunities here. So that's why I think that the turnaround could be even faster than it was at Baylor, faster than it was at Temple, but it still is just not where Nebraska wants it to be. And so I'm really excited to see in two years or three years how quickly he can get us to where we want to go. Well, Trev said he wanted a grinder, and that is what Matt Rule has done since he stepped foot in Nebraska. I mean, they are working nonstop. They have been out recruiting. You can see it all over social media. And, you know, high school coaches have put out how great it is and how much they've enjoyed um, you know, meeting with him. That's, that's huge, right? I mean, he's already making huge strides in, in that regard in, in terms of recruiting. Yeah, you know, and I reached out to some of my buddies who played for him in the NFL. Um, you know, Pat Efline was the starting center for Carolina. Uh, I talked to Ed, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who was with him in, in Carolina. And, you know, all those guys sang really big praises for him. You know, they were like, you know, it didn't work out um, for him in Carolina. You know, but they, they said the same thing I did. You know, sometimes NFL and college just... It just doesn't mix sometimes. Um, but they said he was a great individual and a great leader. You know, and so that's something that I love hearing from guys that played under a coach. And, yeah, he's out there doing all the right things. He's grinding. I also have heard from multiple people that he has great connections in Texas. And all yes. the Texas head coaches loved him when he was at Baylor. You know, so hoping another pipeline from Texas to Nebraska can get opened up there because there's a lot of good players that come out of Texas. So he has a great formula. I'm excited to see how he implements that. And you're right, he's a workaholic. He's a grinder. And I love everything about that. How about the staff so far? I mean, you talked about you like the staff so far that he's putting together. They're young, they're energetic, and, and they have also hit the ground running too. Yeah, it seems like everyone's very hungry. You know, it seems like everyone's very hungry to go after and in, like, kind of invigorated here. I think everyone understands on this staff what Nebraska is and what it's supposed to be. 
And I think all of them want to hold everything to the standard of which we want it to be held, which is championships level standards, right? You know, I, I wear this shirt quite often, which is it says playoff caliber. And that was our standard when we were in Buffalo. And it was what Sean McDermott used to say to us all the time. Are you doing everything in your possibility to be at the playoff standard? You know, and I think that when I look at the staff, I see them going, we're going to do everything to do to be a, to a Big Ten championship standard, whether that's recruiting, whether that's how we do in the work in the uh, weight room, in the film room, in the, in the walkthroughs, to practice, to games. Everything's going to be held to a certain standard. And, you know, they're starting to right out the gate with that. And so love that out of the staff. And like I said, I don't know if you can tell, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for where this can go. I'm really pumped up. I don't think it's going to be a, a quick turn of a hat in a year, but I can see Coach Rule having this place two, three years being very, very competitive. You talked about the pipeline to Texas, and I absolutely think that that's going to open back up because he won over. He was not from Texas, and a lot of those high school coaches in Texas were hesitant about this outsider coming into Texas, and he had won them over in a hurry. And I did a breakdown um, on, on the actual day on his press conference day during our show. Uh, in his three years that he was at Baylor, those rosters that he put together, over 80% of that roster was from Texas. But then I went back to his last roster at Temple, and over 80% of that roster was from that area surrounding uh, right there in, in um, Pitts, or Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So I do think he will go to Texas and he will open that pipeline back up. But I also think he's going to make this area a major priority too. And, and getting the best kids here in Nebraska to stay here at Nebraska and you know the, the surrounding states to try to lock up that talent here in this area. Yeah, you know, I want to reach back out into Colorado and Kansas and South Dakota and Iowa. And I mean, you got to draw a five to six hundred mile circle around and say we own this spot you know because we are directly competing with iowa you know and kansas state is starting to come along so we're going to be competing with them for players in the region too we have to own our area and own our backyard in recruiting and the farther we can expand that circle the better you know and coach rule is going to have an uphill battle to fight with that at times but we get one or two winning seasons under our belt we're going to blow those other schools out of the water because we are nebraska and kansas state and iowa and iowa state and Kansas and all those are completely just poo-pooed on once we get back to being who we are. <laughs> I, I did want to read you this since we don't have an O offensive line coach to talk about yet, but uh, I think the second position you like to talk about the most, well, not, I guess, defensive line, but you also like to talk running backs. So mm. uh, how about this quote I found from E.J. Barthel back when he was at UConn? He said, we have to be elite in protection. We have to be elite in the receiving game. We have to be vital participants participants on special teams all phases of the game the running back has to be the ultimate team player and he also said I can't teach a back how to run the ball but I can teach a back where to run the ball how about that I love that and you know the thing that I love the most is one of the first things he said is protection <laughs> you know protection, <laughs> I knew you that's why I had to read you that quote yes protection is so important my partner in our agency Zach Zenner played running back at South Dakota State played five years for the Lions as a third down blocking back when he is evaluating running backs for if we want to sign them or not, the number one thing he looks at is can he pass protect? Because you can't play in the NFL if you can't pass protect, unless you're a freak show like Adrian Peterson, who just played <laughs> first and second down. Like, you have to be able to protect. And, you know, so that's great to hear. I love that out of him. And he's right, though. 
you can't teach a natural running back how to be a complete natural and just running the ball like an absolute lunatic and making people miss and doing that thing. But you sure as heck can coach guys on vision. You can coach guys on where the point of attack is and why and conceptually explaining to them the whole concept of the plays and why things work and where the blocking leverage is and where the cutback lanes are. And so I love that quote out of him, you know, and the bigger thing, too, that I think people kind of glaze over is the special teams. Yeah. That basically tells me, you know, if you're not the starter, get your butt on all four core. Get your butt on punt. Get your butt on kick return. Get your butt on punt return. Because all of those things are going to help this team win. Special teams are extremely important. We saw it this year. It helped us a lot, but we still have to get better in some, in some phases of it. Family traditions mean great food. With treasured Italian family recipes passed down for generations, Valentino's has become Nebraska's classic Italian tradition for 65 years. So we will see, you know, there's there's been some Huskers that have entered the transfer portal. The transfer portal is just nuts along with, right now. Along with a thousand other players. It is bonkers how many quarterbacks are in the portal now. But anyways, um, you know, Matt Rule is not only recruiting guys high school kids right now with signing day coming up on December 21st. He's not only trying to recruit guys that are in the portal already, but he's having to recruit the players on this roster, some of the ones that you want to keep around. So if you are a part of this recruiting, give me your list of, I guess, five guys that you think are, are really important for Coach Rule and his staff to, to try to recruit to stay here at Nebraska. Casey Thompson, Anthony yeah. Grant, Ty Robinson, Find a way to get Ernest Hausman back. <laughs> you know I'm a big Ernest Hausman fan. I know. Fan. I know. You know I'm a big Ernest Hausman fan. And then Marcus Washington. Um, I don't know if he's a senior or not. He, uh, you, he's got another year of eligibility. I think he has another year. I think with Trey Palmer going to the NFL draft, he is the easy step in at um, wide receiver one next year. You know, so that's just a quick list of five of guys that were impact players this season that I would love to see a year of development under a new staff, new strength and conditioning, all of it, and see what they could be next year. I think all those guys have chances to be NFL caliber players, uh, and you always want to keep NFL talent on your roster. So, I mean, I could keep going. There's plenty of other players, but I think off the top of my head, those five, and if you're listening, Ernest Hausman, come back. <laughs> come on home, buddy. I, I think a lot of people you, are saying we that. We will welcome you with open arms. <laughs> come on back. I, I already know the answer to this, but maybe you can give your number two and number three response to this. If you're this coaching staff going to the portal right now, number one priority is offensive I know. line. That's a dumb question. I knew you were going there. Okay, but and number two and number three is offensive line. <laughs> I mean, it's very simple. We weren't good up front this year. We were okay on the defensive line. If we had an average to good, I'm not even saying if we had a great offensive line. We were poor to bad last year. That's what it was. If we are average to good on this offense, we win five or six games this past year. I really do believe that. I mean, and I think that... Matt Rule will see that. He comes from the NFL where you have to win in the trenches. He drafted a left tackle with the sixth overall pick last year. You know, so he understands the need for offensive linemen. I would love to see us bring in three to five portal offensive linemen this year. Listen, he, he said that in his press conference. I know he's said that to, to some of these players that he's talking to and meeting with that He's going to get that right, and I know you love to hear that as an offensive lineman. That that is that is, I think, his probably number one priority is is getting right up front and and being physical and dominant in the trenches. 
Yeah, you have to be in this league. And I don't care if you're in the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12, the SEC, the AAC, whatever. You can't win if you're not having championship tackles and dominant in the run game. Okay, so um, I also, too, wanted to talk to you about Coach Satterfield, who will be the offensive coordinator. And I, I had another quote, but I can't find it. But he, he had talked about when he was hired at South Carolina about how, you know, they asked him about his system. And he, he talked about you can't come in and, and run RPO if you don't have that personnel. But you, you have to get your offense, you have to tailor it to the personnel that you have. But one of the big things that he did talk about was, was having your, your offense has to help your defense, right? And I think there were times this year that, that a lot of people were pleading for, for this offense to help out the Nebraska defense a little bit. How critical is that, too, in the Big Ten, that um, you know, your, your offense is helping the defense out? Yeah, you know, first of all, I've watched a lot of South Carolina film this year. Um, I'm recruiting a guy from there, and so I'm really pleased with the way that they finished the season. You know, the way that they beat Tennessee, then Clemson, and competed against Florida. You know, they played really good complementary football at the end of the year. But to, to your question, to your point, you know, if you look at the teams that have success in the Big Ten late in the year, it's because they can control the clock and they can limit the defensive snaps. Because, like we talked about, Ty Robinson and Garrett Nelson, those guys were playing fantastic, but they just ran out of gas. Because it's hard to go up against these 320 pounders 60 times a game when they're just running at you, running at you, running at you, and you're getting two, getting three, getting four, and then they're breaking ones for, for 20 and 50 and long touchdowns. You know, that's just what it is. And it's what Michigan excels at, it's what Illinois excelled at this year, it's what Minnesota excelled at this year. And that's what I think he is referring to is you look at what works in the Big Ten. And there's a reason it works in the Big Ten, because everyone does it. And when there's crappy weather out and you've got to run the ball and control the clock, that's what you've got to do. And I think even Scott Frost kind of came in thinking, yeah, I'm going to change that. And, you know, I'm going to be the one that throws it all over the yard and spreads it out and does the things. And it works for a little bit, but then as things get worse, and even Ohio State, as weather gets poor, they struggle. You know, you have to have a presence on the ground and identity on the ground in the Big Ten, which helps your defense not be out there for so long, controlling the clock and wearing the other defense out. So that's what I read into from when he was talking about that. And again, that fires me the heck up, too. I know um, it's just something we got to talk about, and we just talked about how you know there's there's definitely a need that Nebraska needs to go get from the portal, and a lot of teams benefit from it, and, and you have to get involved in it nowadays. But what is your take on on the portal and and how wild it is? It's just like my timeline is full of players from across the country and big name players that are in the portal. Well, I'll tell you this: the portal, it the grass is not always greener on the other side. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's great, and I think the transfer portal was made for that, but there's going to be a lot of players that had scholarship offers and had scholarships at big-time schools that are now going to be left with nothing. The music's going to stop. There's not going to be enough chairs, and you're going to be sitting there going, shoot, now what? And that's what I hate about the portal. Um, you know, but that's part of what college football has become. I think we're going to see some more free agency deals of huge NIL deals dropping for the big-name players. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting here over the next few weeks how it turns out. But this is the new era of college football, and I think everyone's got to jump on board and be a part of it, or you're going to get left behind. All right, just a couple of big picture overall college football things. How about the college football playoff? Did the committee get it right? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> you know, I really didn't want Ohio State to be able to backdoor their way into it. 
Um, but they are the they were the fifth team, and SC laid an egg. They don't they play defense. Physically, they don't play yeah, defense they, out there in Cali. I'm Calif sorry, you you missed 30 tackles in a game. You do not deserve to be in the college football playoff. I don't know who number seven was, but I promise he had a really tough film day after watching that game. He got big boyed into the end zone like three times. So yeah, I mean, and that's why Utah has won the Pac-12 last two years because they are the most physical team in the Pac-12, and it's not even close. You know, so the, what they've been able to do and how they've been able to do things, hats off. But yeah, they got it right. I'm excited to see TCU get a shot at Georgia. I think all of us are going to pretty much know what's going to happen there. Um, but, I mean, Georgia is head and shoulders above compared to everyone else in college football, so it's theirs to lose. I think Michigan may give them the best run, but, man, that Georgia team is talented. All right, if you got a Heisman vote, who's getting your first-place vote? Probably Caleb Williams, even though he kind of pooped it away in the SEC or the Pac-12 championship. He was hurt. Um, he was hurt, badly hurt. He had plenty of Heisman moments he could have done. Also, I don't love the whole finger polish painting thing. I thought that was really immature. He's done um, that. He did that know, last but, year at but Oklahoma. I, I just think it's a really immature thing to do. You know, I don't think it's – what good does that do? Like, it only does poor things. It only brings poor publicity. It only brings, like, I think that's a very immature part on him. I hope he doesn't do that next year because he is going to be the first overall pick in the draft. Um, you know, so grow up a little bit. But it's probably got to be Caleb Williams. Um, I really wish Blake Corum wouldn't have gotten hurt because he would have got it if he stayed healthy. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of the Sideline Slice. We've got signing day, more coaching hires. So we'll be back sooner rather than later to, to catch up on all things Husker football because still a lot of big news happening. This is a big month. December is a massive month still for, for college football and for Nebraska football. Absolutely is. I'm excited for it, and I'm sure we'll be back doing some more shows. All right. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. This is the Sideline Slice brought to you by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Go Big Red. Valentino's, a slice of home you just can't get anywhere else. What started with a treasured family recipe in Lincoln, Nebraska has become a classic Italian tradition for 65 years.